0: Hello, this is Kevin McMullen, Senior Pastor of Independence Christian Center. Thanks for joining us as we break the bread of life today. Our prayer is that your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is strengthened by this word. God bless you. Wanna, uh, if you have to get your Bible and want to actually look at your Bible instead of uh, projected or uh, a combi- combination of the two, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12 tonight. We're continuing on our series on the gifts of the spirit and um, tonight I want to talk about let's in fact let's just go over there I want to read a uh, passage so that um, to kind of set it here last week we talked about praying in the spirit we talked about tongues and um, it's gotten to the point that an awful lot of quote-unquote charismatics kind of run away from that Uh, and Being a Pentecostal or a neo-Pentecostal or whatever you want to call me. Labels or libels. Everybody say amen. And uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is encouraging. First of all, the the church at Corinth was very, very carnal. They were very fleshly. They had separated into parties. You You know, I am of Paul. I am of Apollos. I am of Christ. You know, you know, I'm of Peter, whatever. And he was saying, we're all one body. We don't have the same function. And he was appealing to them for unity and trying to show them how that the Holy Spirit moves through his people the way, as as a body. None of us has everything. None of us even has half of it or even a quarter of it. We all are necessary in the body. Can you imagine trying to do it? Ladies, can you imagine trying to cook? Or guys, men, can you imagine trying to work on your car with one finger? No, it takes, you know, four fingers and opposable thumb to be able to hold the tool. Then it takes the arm to be able to wield it. And some of the parts that you have to get to to do this to get to them. And some of you know exactly what I mean, you know. And and, and the, part, you know, the parts of the body, you know, he, he, he was saying, you guys have got this all wrong. And he comes down and he says, now you are Christ's body. This is in verse 27 and individually members of it. And God has appointed or ordained in the church. First, and this is the order of their appearance, not the order of their, this is not rank. This is the order of their appearance. Uh, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles. I see the evangelist in that. Then gifts of healings, also evangelistic. Helps, administrations, there's the pastoral, and various kinds of tongues various kinds of tongues now a lot of times people when they're teaching on the gifts of the spirit they'll hit the the you know the revelation gifts and they'll hit the power gifts and then they'll hit the utterance gifts of which tongues brings up the rear i'm going to talk about tongues in the primary position and i'll tell you why i'm not saying that it's greater than any but we're just picking up where we left off last week tongues is still after all these years a controversial subject in the church, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was was, was you know first of all people said well there wasn't anybody speaking in tongues to huge uh, uh, huge group you know huge periods of church history absolutely false there have always been uh, uh, there has always been glossolalia there has always been tongue talking among smaller groups but in the early uh, part of the 20th century there was an outpouring actually down here in Kansas of all places and then it's you, we know about Azusa Street etc and it just spread and as God just did awesome and marvelous things and people were speaking in tongues and it was and and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I shared with you my testimony how that I was Saved at the age of six, but I lived a powerless, defeated life and I remember lying on my bed when I was in the advanced individual training in the army and saying to God, there's got to be more to it than this. There's got to be more to it than this. There's got to be more to walking with you. There's got to because it, you know, Lord, Lord, I, I just whatever it is, I'm missing it. Well, I was, but I didn't know what I was missing. I grew up in Baptist and Methodist circles. I didn't hear of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then when I got to Germany, I got invited by a friend of mine to come to a full gospel businessmen's fellowship international meeting down at the Kempinski Hotel on the Kurfurstendamm there in Berlin where a guy started speaking of, talking about speaking in tongues of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, what? This was like a foreign, pardon the, the, the dad joke here, but it was a foreign language to me. And I, that day, that very day, I got filled with the Spirit, and my life did a 180. Hallelujah. A complete yes. 180. Glory. Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem until you have been clothed from, with power from on high. You will, be, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then you will be my witnesses. To quote a popular credit card uh, ad from a few years back, don't leave home without it. Or don't leave Jerusalem, anyway. And yet, today, tongues is looked at askance by so many people as not the kind of thing you talk about, not the kind of thing you do in polite company. Because you might offend somebody. Well, you know what? The gloves are coming off. If they want to get offended, let them get offended. But I am not going to apologize for what God has done. Many people who have the gift of being able to speak in tongues, they are baptized in the Holy Spirit, don't fully understand what they've got. And so they often misuse it. And then people who don't have it or don't want it, you know. And then there's the companion gift of interpretation, which is unique to the New Testament. Seven of the nine gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, working of miracles, gifts of healings, miracle faith and prophecy were all manifest throughout the entire Old Testament. Yes. But tongues and interpretation is new. It is something that is in the New Testament only. And some people say, well, they're inferior. Really? They are native to the New Testament, which is a better covenant established upon better promises. So in what way are they inferior? I could cut out right here and say, oh, I you. I remember a guy that used to do that. I wasn't speaking in tongues there. Jesus himself, well, Jesus didn't speak in tongues. He didn't have to. He didn't need it. His communion with God was perfect. We need to pray in tongues because we know not for what to pray as we ought. Romans 8 and 26. And we'll get to that in a minute. We have a better, that's Hebrews 8, 6, in case you, you know. You know. And the prominence of which is established in, look here. First, well, 1 Corinthians 4, uh, 14 and 1 pursue love yet desire earnestly King James even uses the word covet covet earnestly spiritual gifts or literally spiritual things and especially that you may prophesy God would not tell us to covet earnestly something it was not his perfect will for us to have his desire for us to have yes I know in church history these things ebb and flow and there are moves of God. We look at Matthew 11 and 12, where Jesus said to the people who, you know, who were as the disciples of John the Baptist were returning to John. And Jesus waits until they're out of earshot to heap praise on John. He gave John scripture. When you're locked up in jail and pretty sure you may have missed it, what does God give you? Scripture. We so often want an epiphany. We want Jesus to appear to us. We want an angel to appear. We want something big to happen. Something spectacular. My experience with that has been when God shows us something on a more spectacular level, you're going to need it. That's rig for silent running, rig for depth charge, close all the watertight doors and hang on. Just made your day, didn't I? In Mark sixteen, you know, one of the uh, one of the I've heard people say, well, speaking with new tongues is that God's going to get control of our speech. And they, you know, and they'll point to Mark sixteen seventeen. You know, these signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. That is not stopping swearing or speaking kindly. And then somebody who is knowledgeable in biblical things will probably speak up and say, well, verses 9 through 20 aren't in some of the older manuscripts. Yes, but my brother and sister, they are canonical. Therefore, we preach them. And even those who are anti-tongues preach them, or at least the parts of it they like. All right? In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 4 it says this, there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit. Varieties of gifts, that word is charismata. The root word is charis. We would transliterate it C-H-A-R-I-S in English, charis, but it's charis, Charis, which means grace. Grace, one of my uh, professors, a Princeton trained theologian was saying, he said, I've heard that we should not. He said, I've heard people say that we shouldn't expect the gifts of the spirit to manifest in church more than out on the you know, on the street, on the bricks, when we're and in the marketplace, when we're ministering to people, because, you know, that's where God needs to do the work. And he says, I completely disagree with that, because these, the word gifts is the word graces. And we should expect more graces to appear when we're together than we do anywhere else. Said so Dr. Irvin, that's, you know, pretty, that's pretty profound. So these are gifts. They are grace favor gifts. Romans chapter 12 and verse 6 says this, since we have gifts, again there it is charismata, uh, that differ according to the grace charis, given to us Let each each of us is to exercise them accordingly. I understand that is in italics, but the the, it is strongly implied. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith. Oh, if you're going to walk with the gifts of the Spirit, you're going to have to do so in faith. Hmm. That means you're going to have to believe it. You're going to have to believe for it. You're going to have to expect it. All right? Again, here in Romans 6. He said, you know. we have gifts according to the grace we have graces that are according to the grace Uh, it could be rendered we have varieties of anointings they're different anointings in fact the word Christ which we get directly from the Greek Christos means anointed one that's what Mashiach means in Hebrew, the Anointed One. First John chapter two, verse twenty-seven: "As for you, the anointing, charisma, which you received from Him, abides in you, and you have no need for anyone to teach you, but as His anointing, charisma, teaches you about all things." And it's true and not a lie, just as it uh, just as that has taught you to abide in him. Let me, you know, gift here means anything supernatural, any supernatural manifestation. But I want to I want to get us to begin to think about something in a little different way and start thinking about the anointing, not as a thing, but as a person. Because the anointing, the Holy Spirit is the anointing. So if you have the Holy Spirit, you have the anointing. And if you are filled with the Spirit according to Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, then you are anointed. You have been clothed with power from on high. You might say, well, I don't feel it. What's that got to do with what you have well, feelings? And remember these things are manifest as he wills. And we talked last week about having ourselves, getting ourselves in position, getting our, becoming more sensitive. You know, um i tonight i want to talk specifically about you know there are all kinds of in fact we'll go here in romans 12 and i'm kind of throwing susan a little bit of a curve because some of these things i did not give her but you know he in in chapter 12 he says for to one is given the word is but to each verse 7 is given the manifestation of the spirit what is manifestation the word means making something invisible visible. In other words, when the uh, man, the, the uh, lame man by the beautiful gate, was sitting there begging alms, and Peter said, "Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I you." In the name of Jesus of Na- you know Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he yanked him up. Now I believe that was. Uh, The gift of faith in operation special faith because he spoke it out of his mouth. The guy didn't have any faith. He didn't know about Jesus. He didn't know He, he didn't. And so this was a manifest. Suddenly it became obvious to everybody that God was here. God was manifesting himself. All right. So I want to talk tonight about tongues, interpretation and prophecy. We'll we'll get, you know, we're going to more drill down on tongues. But prophecy is called a gift in Romans twelve six. We just read it. And in fact, in First in Corinthians 14 and 31, he said, you can all prophesy. May I say that he does not say you are all prophets. Amen. There is a difference between a prophet and one who prophesies Any spirit filled believer can prophesy, but not every believer is a prophet. All right? And we saw last week, 1 Corinthians 14, 5, the Holy Spirit through Paul says, I wish that you all spoke with tongues. We are not cessationists. There is a whole group of people out there that believe that the gifts and manifestations the supernatural manifestations of the Spirit ceased. They can't give a scripture for it. The different groups have different timelines of when it disappeared. But the fact of the matter is, they are still with us. We still have prophets, we still have apostles, we still have evangelists, we still have pastors, we still have teachers, and we still have word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, working. I don't know why anybody would want to do without the supernatural tools that God has given us for the task before us. Dear Lord, I mean if I had a choice of digging a hole for a swimming pool and I had a garden spade or I could have a track hoe you know what a track hoe is it's one of those big things on a track with a big old bucket they'll scoop that dirt out of there and nothing flat yeah I don't want a track hoe <laughs> I don't want to go after that with a garden spade it's a gift. hallelujah in uh, 12, 5, 1 Corinthians 12 5 there are varieties of ministries Okay, administrations, the root word is diakonia. it's the word from which we get our word deacon, it means one who serves. This could be referring to the body, and it probably does, with the dual application would be to the anointings to advance the ministry, meaning word of wisdom, uh, advance ministry I should say, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, etc. Revelation, gifts, supernatural. Then in verse 6 he says this, there are varieties of effects varieties of effects, but the same God, there are varieties of ministries of the same Lord, varieties of effects, impacts workings, but the same God who works all things in all persons. God is not a computer. Formulas will not work with God. God does what he wants, when he wants, the way he wants, through whom he wants. He is the he, he died and left himself in charge. That is absolutely the truth. And we cannot manufacture these things, but we need to be open and expecting because he wants to do them. In fact, that word affects means operations. Um, and it's the word from which we get our word energy or outwork or impacts. And, you know, and that's the ministry. You know, gifts of power do something. They actually manifest working of miracles, gifts of healings, you know, miracle faith. I've, I have been in uh, full time ministry now 40 years, more or less, I think, or a little less. And I've had every single one of these ninefold manifestation of the of the spirit, Manifest at one time or another through my ministry. Would I love to be able to turn them on? Notice I didn't say and off. Would I love to be able to turn them on? Absolutely. But apparently God thinks that that's like giving a gun to a monkey. He does not want me to do all. He he wants to be in control of that. Per, now, we talked last week about tongues being for pers- the prayer, you know, various kinds of tongues. We're, we're, that you, any spirit-filled believer, in fact, every spirit-filled believer, should speak with tongues. I even got up here and said it, just outright, unapologetically. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will speak in tongues. Overall, if you don't speak in tongues, you have not completed, at least. You have not reached, you know, you haven't. you haven't got across the finish line however you want to put it with the baptism of the Holy Spirit we saw last week first Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 15 Paul says what is the outcome then? Well he said before this in the verse 14 he said when I pray in a tongue my spirit prays but my mind is unfruitful why? because I don't understand what's coming out of my mouth well what's coming out of my mouth mysteries by the Spirit I'm speaking mysteries that's what Um, You know, he said, uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, it says, they were all speaking with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them what to say. All right. And. What does he say in 1415? He said, what is the outcome? I will pray. They can translate this, I shall pray, because it's a volative. It's not a simple future tense. He's saying, I am going to pray with the spirit. Meaning, I'm going to pray in tongues, and I'm going to pray with the mind. I'm going to sing in tongues, and I'm going to sing with the mind. That's one kind of tongue. It's not one of the various kinds of tongues that Paul is necessarily mentioning in 28. And I want to separate that the tongues that are the manifestation of the Spirit and the tongues that we speak when we pray to God, our prayer language is they are not, they are the same in essence, but they are not the same in anointing and they are not the same in person, uh, purpose. All right. And this is something he was trying to get cleared up for the Corinthians because they were a tongue-talking bunch. Nevertheless, he said, you don't talk in tongues enough because I talk in tongues more than all of you put together. You need to pray in tongues more. It's a favor gift. Again, um, go back to Romans chapter 12 and verse 6. Susan, if you could put that up there again for me. He says, since we have gifts, charismata, that differ according to the grace given to us, let each of us exercise them Accordingly if prophecy according to the proportion of his faith we are to exercise them. The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. I do not have to. The Holy Spirit isn't going to make me speak in tongues. It is something. It is a cooperative thing. I do. I do the speaking. We talked about this last week. The same on the day of Pentecost. They were doing the speaking. The spirit was providing the utterance. So many times people come and they're waiting for, you know, the Holy Spirit to grab their jaw and their tongue and and just make them speak in tongues. It does not work that way. In fact, it does not work at all. I speak. He gives me the words. I yield and allow him to do it. People who've never done this, it gives them the freak out. They're like, oh. How do you know what you're saying? You don't. Not unless you get the companion gift of interpretation that would come along with it, which very rarely happens when you're just praying. And so when you, you know, when the Lord had me praying three hours a day in tongues, when this church was very, 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 very young, and there were a lot of things coming against us, and we're still here. And I wasn't the only one. I know know that. I, I don't mean that I was the only one praying that way. We had other people who were praying intensely in the spirit. You talk about something that takes faith, continue to pray in the spirit and praying and praying and praying, praying for an hour, praying for an hour and a half, praying for two hours, no interpretation. What did you say? I have to have confidence that God is getting done through me. I'll say, come on, Holy Spirit, grab hold." In fact, I'll get real Pentecostal sometimes and I'll say, come on, Holy Ghost. Grab hold with me here. Romans 8 and 26. Let's get this done. It's an anoint; it's a gift. It is an anointing that rests upon me. He is the anointing who lives within me, and it's a cooperative, a cooperative effort. I yield, and the Holy Spirit flows. Romans eight twenty six. We just, I just uh, made reference to it. Since we, uh, um, it says, likewise, the Holy, the Spirit gives us. Uh, helps our weak in our weakness for we do not know for what to pray not how for what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes with for us with groanings that are too deep for words I'm not going to spend time right here talking about how I've heard guys that I love say that doesn't mean tongues yes it does it means other things too but tongues is I can prove it to you and have get the series on praying in the spirit I go into you know considerable I go to great length to show how that yes it does include tongues now let's come to the gift let's come to the manifestation that I'm listed there in first Corinthians chapter 12 and, and, and in fact it's uh, verse 26 of first Corinthians 14 rather um, uh, well I mean I just wanna you know hit that uh, What is the outcome then, brethren, when you assemble, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation. What's the next phrase? What's the next clause? Has a what? A tongue. Has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be by two or at most three, and each in turn, and one must interpret. Believe believe it's in Thessalonica that they were so sick of tongues that Paul had to tell them, do not forbid prophesying, do not forbid speaking in tongues. Well, when somebody speaks in the congregation out loud, that is not to be a prayer language. That is to be an anointing, a manifestation of the spirit that goes out from God which must be interpreted that's what he just said there let it be by two or at most three and one must interpret in fact uh, if you add verse 28 to it it says but if there is no interpreter notice it does not say if there is no interpretation it says there is no interpreter what's the difference? well interpreter would give you the interpretation but the interpretation is a uh, an interpreter is a person whereas an interpretation is a thing and there are people that interp- who are interpreters they routinely receive interpretations of Tongues that are given in the assembly or ministering tongues, which we'll get to in just a minute. And I believe we're going to see more of this. It's coming back. It's kind of gone out of the church, but I believe it's coming back. But we're going to have to be faithful enough and courageous enough to flow in it. Amen. You see, ministering tongues, and, and, and I might as well just get down to that, ministering tongues, uh, 12 and 28, we just read it a minute ago, where it says, kinds of tongues, ministering tongues, and it, see, and here's another thing, let's just go to the next verse, Susan uh, 29, I didn't have it on the list, but, you know, that's okay, I'm all over the map tonight. All are not apostles, are they? No. It's a, it's a rhetorical question. All are not prophets, are they? No. All are not teachers, are they? No. All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have gifts of healings, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? See, people quickly point to that and say, you see that? It's not God's will for everybody to speak with tongues. But that directly contradicts what he says in 14.5, when he says it's his will for everybody to speak in tongues. So that means that that can't mean that. Now let's put it in context. Put it in context here. All are not apostles. What is that? Ministry. Are they? No. All are not prophets. Ministry. Are they? No. All are not teachers. Ministry. Are they? All are not workers of miracles. Ministry. All do not have gifts of healings. Do they? Ministry. All do not speak with tongues. Do they? Ministry ministering tongues and interpretation. The first I had been four years in a Bible college, a mainline Pentecostal Bible college. I could call the name of the denomination and everybody on the web and here would know exactly who the group is. I'm not picking on them. Good folks. but then my first year in graduate school, I saw ministering tongues and interpretation. I'm like, oh, I didn't you can't do that. What are you doing? Four years in a Bible college, Pentecostal. The pastor and his wife were going down the line praying for people. And she would speak to them in tongues. And then he would give them the interpretation. Tongues, the gift of tongues, plus the gift of interpretation equals prophecy. Now, Tongues and interpretation lean on each other in a way that prophecy can't. But that, you know, and I'm like, I looked at Kathy, and I went, what is that? Bachelor's degree from a Pentecostal Bible college. I was working on a master's. And I go, what? So when I got home, I called a friend of mine. And I said, I saw the craziest thing today. He said, What? I said, and I explained it to him. He said, Oh yeah, that's ministering tongues. What? Ministering tongues? I didn't know the tongues ministered. He said, Yeah. And then Buddy would give the interpretation, and he said that. And he said that anointing they sat under Mom and Dad Goodwin, and they and and they. You know, that anointing got on them. Now, I know that works now because I was confronted with it up close and deadly personal two years later. Because we were finishing graduate school. I was finishing my master's. And I knew that we were coming to Kansas City. I really, 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 really wanted to go back to Dallas. And I'd even called the sectional presbyter down there and talked to him and everything. And they were all lined up. And the Lord said, Kansas City, Kansas City. I said, we don't know anybody up there. And it's colder up there. (laughs) And I really, you know, and I'm, well, Lord, okay. But, and believe me, today, I am so glad I obeyed so glad. I would much rather live here. Much, 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 much rather. Dallas is fine, but I'm far better off. And um, and so, we're Mom Goodwin, from whom that, you know, she and Dad, her Dad Goodwin, who had gone to heaven several years previous, we were at over at her house for a little get-together after her son, Charles David, had, been, uh, uh, had hands laid on him, anointed in ministry by um, Brother Hagan, because they'd known him for years and Charles David just really wanted. Well, as it turns out, Charles David, although he was a Baptist, he's spirit-filled and he's got the, he's got the interpreter thing going just like his daddy did. And I'm sitting in, we're sitting in the room. There's probably, I don't know, it's a small room. It's living, her living room there in a duplex. And there's probably 15 of us, maybe even 17 of us in there. And we're all talking. And it's pretty loud. And somebody comes up, you know, we're talking with something, And mom and, and Charles David are on the far side of the room. And somebody asked me, well, what do you, you know, you're, you're getting ready to graduate. What are you going to do? And I said, well, the Lord's called me to pastor if a church ever opens. Nana heard that. And she went, everybody, everybody, shh, shh, everybody, shh, and quieted everybody down. And she looked at me, and then she started, pointed her finger at me, and started speaking in tongues. And the hair on the back of my neck stood straight up, because I somehow knew that I was being rebuked by the Holy Spirit. And as quick as she finished speaking, her son interpreted and said, there is much to the doctrine that the words of your mouth should agree with what God has said to you. And God has spoken to you and you know the direction he's leading you. And so let the words of your mouth agree with God and stop doubting him with your words. Now there is no way he knew. And I don't know how she heard it. But that was ministering tongues. Okay, abusive tongues. Abusive tongue. No. (laughs) That was corrective tongues. (laughs) And corrective interpretation. There was absolutely no doubt that the Spirit of God was at work. And even though I had been corrected, not castigated, but corrected, all I felt inside was, hit me again. Keep talking and it all came together and I walked away went home that night and I just looked at Kath and went well okay Kansas City it is and it all came together not not without drama but it came together (laughs) all right it's tongues and interpretation this again it would have been no different That in terms of effect, remember he said varieties of effects, it would have been no different in effect as if, uh, you know, uh, she had looked at me and spoken what spoken to me in English and just said there is much to this and given me that same, the same thing that he did. But that wasn't the way the Holy Spirit wanted to do it. That's not the way he uses her. She was a seer. She went beyond prophecy. She was a seer. I could give you a laundry list of things that the Lord showed her and dad, her husband wasn't a seer. He was a pastor. He wasn't a seer. He did have the uh, he, he, he was an interpreter, but they had she uh, uh, when they had that uh, explosion in that uh, elementary school, that gas explosion in the elementary school there in North Texas. Bunches of children were killed and everything because what they'd done is they'd taken a hose off of the off of one of the the wellheads of one of the. Uh, you know, oil wells there where they were getting gas and they were just sending it and they were giving it to the school for free. This was Depression days and giving it to the school for free, but there was no odor in it. And natural gas is 100% odorless. And it built, there was a leak somewhere and it built up in the building and nobody was aware of it. And then when somebody in the shop got one of the, a skill saw, and if you've ever used a skill saw, you can see the sparks. Sometimes where the where the motor is and it went like this and the whole building went up and for four or five weeks beforehand, she would see the, the faces of children and she would see women weeping and she would see little caskets and graves. And she just she was crying out to God. and She said, I couldn't deliver it. I couldn't deliver it. And when it happened, it, it just it, it broke her in two. And she would wake up in the middle of the night just groaning. And crying out to God in tongues and it turned out later and she and dad would pray and, they'd turn, and then she would see what was going on. And one of their church members was in grave danger and they were able to pray him out. I think we should have stuff like that happen all the time. How about you? Showing you stuff about your kids. Amen. Showing you stuff about, you know, you know maybe the nation or whatever. I mean, we're not prophets of the nations, but I understand that. But still. All right. And. Had she just spoken to me in English, it would have been the same as it would have been prophecy. But this way, it's tongues and interpretation. But it was the equivalent. It was, as some like to say, prophecy in its varied form. Ministering tongues is almost always found among uh, appointed ministry. That's why it's in the Acts, I mean, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 28 list. Now... Praying in tongues is one kind of tongues, you know, and it's true grace and favor of God. And the vast majority of tongues will be right there. It's your prayer language, you want to call it that, the language of which we pray to the Lord. Ministering tongues with interpretation would be rarer, you know, because it's, again, it's limited, not specifically, but it is often limited, ministering tongues, too, because see, ministering tongues, people that are used that way will be used that way. Repetitiously, if you want to call it that, frequently. Same with interpretation, you know. And so, w- w- you know, we talked about it last week. Well, what if you pray in the spirit a lot? Well, then you are First Corinthians fourteen four, building up yourself. You know, it says, "One who prays in the tongue edifies himself." What does he say over in Jude twenty? You know, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Now, building up your faith, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. I cannot. Build my faith by praying in the spirit. But I can build myself up on my faith. Praying in the spirit. And so if I pray in the spirit a lot. Guess what? Things in my spirit that God has placed there develop. It's like, you know. um, A baby comes into the world. All the genetic uh, blueprints for that child as an adult are in there. All they need is development. When you're born again, I believe that all those ministries, you know, apostle, prophet, evangelist, you get around apostles, they have a certain spirit about them. You get around prophets, they have a certain spirit. You get around evangelists, they have a different spirit still. You get around pastors, you can sense the difference. I believe that, the, you know, that in heaven, you'll be able to look and know that someone was an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, helps, whatever it is. We were We were all something. Everybody say amen. But that there are things in me that need to be developed spiritually. And as I pray in the Spirit, those develop. And, you know, if if, it says, let everyone who prays in a tongue or speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. She may interpret. Ask the Lord to give you the interpretation. Even when you're praying in, praying in tongues. Just you're praying in the Spirit. Just And by the way, praying in tongues and praying in the Spirit are synonymous. Because that's what Paul said meant in 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 14, 15. Alright. God wouldn't, he wouldn't say, pray that you can interpret. If God wasn't willing. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into interpretation. In a little while. For musicians will come. Let, you know, let, what am I doing? He says, you're building yourself up on your most holy faith. You are edifying yourself. Well, yourself is the spirit, your spirit. You are not a soul. You have a body, but you are a spirit. Everybody say amen. That's a part of us that's eternal, not eternal, immortal. And we, you know, what we're doing is we're building up that part. We're increasing our spiritual sensitivity. We're increasing, we're, 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 uh, we're stirring up the gift that is within us. It's a very powerful dimension in our prayer life. And if we're not exercising it, I love to ride my motorcycle because I can pray in tongues and ride on my motorcycle. I talk to God while I ride my motorcycle and enjoy the wind and the scenery and the occasional bug. All right. It gets us closer to being anointed ones. God is a supernatural God. We're supposed to be supernatural people. To be a Christian is to be a little Christ. That's what the word means. A little supernatural one. A little favored gift of gifted one. That's what charismatic means. Is gifted. Man. Let's double down. You know, I know. Again, there are people that you know. Let's. Well, I don't talk about tongues. Just you know, uh, just you know, they they want to run away from it. You know what? I'm not running away from it. I'm running directly to it, Amen. and I'm going to run with it. Because there is, you know, what? Again, it's the tongues. Is the only an interpretation. But speaking in tongues is something that is only that came on the day of Pentecost. It was a clothing with power. It is something that is unique to the new covenant, the better covenant established upon better promises. Why on earth would I eschew what God has decided is important and what God gave me as a gift? Well, it's just in polite circles, I don't want to offend anybody. Well, did God offend somebody? He offended a lot of people and we don't want to, you know, it's one thing to be, to, to offend somebody. And it's another thing to be offensive. We can be spiritual without being obnoxious. Does anybody besides me actually believe that? (laughs) Okay, we can be spiritual without being obnoxious. But Jesus offended people. And he said, know that the world hates, if the world hates you, know it hated me first. But I've overcome the world. Amen. Well, let's all stand. Those of you watching by web, this is our communion evening. And as the uh, billboard before we started undoubtedly said that if you would like to Uh, enjoy communion with us tonight and partake, you certainly may. If you're a believer, we practice open communion at Independence Christian Center. And we all, all believers who confess Jesus as their Lord are welcome, whatever their denominational background, to share communion with us. And we would invite you to do that. But I encourage you, if you are not a Christian, that you need to accept Jesus in your life and you need to do it now. Don't put it off. Because the enemy will come up with 3,472 no good reasons, but they'll sound reasonable. Why? You don't need to do it today. Or you can do it later. Or whatever. No. Today is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear His voice. And so, I encourage you. I encourage you to just say, Father God, I believe with my heart. And I confess with my mouth. That Jesus is your son. And he, you have raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, I declare you, Lord, come into my heart. And you will be transferred from under the boot of the dominator and put into the kingdom of God's beloved Son. There is a world of difference. And that doesn't even go into the eternal destiny thing. Because there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun hallelujah we hope this message has been a great blessing to you and has helped build your faith in jesus we encourage you to visit our app independence christian center on your cell phone available from the apple app store or android google play you can also find us on apple tv roku amazon youtube and facebook again under independence christian center or at our website I-C-C-Family, all one word, dot O-R-G, I-C-C-Family dot O-R-G. Our heart's desire here is to labor with the Lord in building His body. Until next time, may God's very best be yours.